the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, friends. This is Wendy Scott. I want you to know about my personal friend, Mark Romanowski, and his locksmith and fire door inspection business. Mark decided to sponsor Season Watch to share the great joy he's experienced since he gave his life to Jesus. He accepted the Lord later in life and hopes that you won't wait to have the same peace, too. Mark's always saying, hey, man, you just need Jesus. And that's true. So if your commercial building has fire doors, contact Mark's fire door inspection services. He can inspect and certify all your fire doors and help fix the most common problems with fire marshal inspections. Like Jesus helps us pass God's inspection for heaven. You can find Mark's services and contact info at San Diego Fire Door Inspection.com. That's San Diego Fire Door Inspection.com. Thank you and God bless. Welcome to Season Watch with Wendy Scott, where we observe the things coming on the earth through biblical binoculars because the Bible is both timely and timeless. With her master's degree in rhetoric and writing skills, Wendy is a part time college professor, but a full time truth professor. She believes the Word of God is his perfect revelation, including a young earth six day creation, as well as the global flood inundation and that Israel is God's chosen nation. Faith alone in Jesus is salvation. The true church rapture comes pre-tribulation, followed by Christ's millennial domination and his eternal kingdom with earth's regeneration. Jesus is coming without hesitation. And now, here's Wendy with today's topic. Hello, friends. Thank you for joining me again for Season Watch. And of course, we're going to start in prayer. And Lord, I just uh, thank you that this world is yours, that you've planned a a good plan for humanity and that you've redeemed us. Thank you, God, that all our hope is in you. And we just entrust ourselves to you right now. I pray for all the hurting hearts out there, God, that you um, draw them to you and that you show them that you love them so tremendously, God. Heal them. Heal their wounds. Heal their hearts. And show them your great love. Show them something personal today so they know that your hand is in their life. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, friends, I am so grateful for the opportunity to speak over these airwaves every week. Uh, What a blessing and privilege it is, especially at this time in our darkening world, as we keep talking about, um, to speak the truth and glorify our majestic God over the airwaves. And may our hearts unite in the Holy Spirit to remember what a family we have in Jesus our Lord our King. And so let these praises and truth about God defeat the power of the prince of this air, right? He's the prince of the power of the air or something like that. Let us defeat that just by having this over the airwaves and all those who who broadcast. Because the time is short, let it fill every listening heart with the joy of hope in God's precious promises. And so the Lord is coming soon. Even so, Jesus, come quickly. And friends, we have such freedom in Jesus. We are free from sin and death, as the Holy Spirit revealed in Colossians 2, starting in verse 13. And you, being dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of the ordinances that were against us, which is contrary to us, and taken it out of the way and nailed it to his cross. Woohoo! And he disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing him over them in it. And so God has conquered sin and death for us through the sufferings of Jesus and through his resurrection. 
All these things were prophesied from the beginning and throughout Scripture. And there is no other hope. There's no other peace. There's no other joy but in Jesus, Yeshua, Isa, Yesu, Yesus. So no other name. And friends, you know these things are true. The Spirit testifies to them in your heart. So don't resist if you don't have him yet. Give him your life. Accept his salvation. Most of all, trust yourself into his care. He loves you so because the days are dark. Open your eyes if you don't see it. Then you'll, if you don't see it, you've gotten used to it. But that darkness will swallow up your soul if you don't commit yourself into the loving hands of Jesus. This world is growing even more unjust, and no one takes it to heart. Just like Isaiah 56 through 57 says, starting in verse 10, his watchmen are blind. They're all ignorant. They're all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. Sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yes, they're greedy dogs, which never have enough. And they're shepherds who cannot understand. They all look to their own way. Everyone for his own gain, for his own territory. Come, one says, I'll bring wine and we'll fill ourselves with intoxicating drink. Tomorrow will be as it is today and much more abundant. Ha ha ha. And the righteous perishes and no one takes it to heart. And so, friends, God is sifting this world right now. If you can't tell, he's separating the wheat from the chaff. He uses difficulties and challenges and all these um, things that are happening subtly and obviously. He uses them to sift through the people and cause them to choose what side they'll be on, whether they walk with God or not, whether they'll be good or evil, light or dark, go for themselves and benefit themselves or to surrender their lives and to follow God's ways. And he's about to gather the wheat into his storehouse, and that's us. And then he's going to burn the chaff, the the fakes, the ones that aren't for him, those who are against him. He's going to burn that in the fire of tribulation judgment that's coming. It's prophesied. I'm not making this up. Read the book. And so um, you don't want to be here when that happens. You want to be safely in his care. It's an open invitation to whomever would respond. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how bad you think you've been. This invitation's for you. And if you've walked away, come back. It's open. He's not rejected you. We don't. Re- <laughs> he doesn't reject us. We reject him. So come back to him. It's a free gift of eternal life with the one who created all things and loves you. Stir up your heart to receive him and to know him. Stir up your heart to trust him no matter what, because the darkness of this world is roiling like a turbulent sea. We are all subject to the fallen nature of this world, and at any time we could get caught in the undertow of this tumultuous time. We could be asleep when a fire burns through a small town without warning, without help, without water, or without justice. And any day we could be a headline that fades the next, because no one is taking it to heart. And they say all things continue as from the beginning. And although this world might crash down on any one of us, it could. Look at Job. Look what happened to him, and he was perfect in all his ways. Though corruption and injustice and violence and wickedness may overtake any one of us at any point, because the days are wicked, or any other unexpected forces or events in this fallen world could happen to us, Any of these things might befall us at any time, sifting, sifting the world as these things are are building up. And in spite of these, all things are God-approved that happen to us. And according to Romans 8, 28, he will turn all things to good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So we must decide now, though he slay me, as Job said, 
yet will I trust him. And we must devour his word desperately. Most of us have been on a starvation diet and have no nourishment to live on through these unprecedented times. And these are the labor pains that Jesus spoke of, and especially in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. So let us remember, right, to watch, be watchful. They're taken suddenly because they think nothing new is going on. But Jesus warned us to pay attention and that these are the beginning of labor pains as we would see them. And we're now seeing 2 Timothy 3 coming to pass, and we're not ready for it to continue getting worse from here. So 2 Timothy 3, 1, but know this, and in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That's today. Having a form of godliness, oh, we worship water, we worship the planet, but denying the power of God. And from such people turn away. But you, verse 10, have carefully followed my doctrine, all manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, and perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch and Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. He suffered a lot, Paul did. Verse 12, yes, and all those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And so we see these are the times, and we're seeing even uh, persecution is uh, rearing its ugly head in America, but it started long before that. And even if it's not persecution for our faith, we're all in the same planet enduring these labor pains that are coming that Jesus told us about. And so you see every day the erosion of our individual rights and the spiritual coup of our nation, the last Christian nation is now passing away. The last hope for individual rights and freedoms in this world. And you see a government up usurping power to dictate ideas, justice, and policies rather than we the people. The Constitution was written by we the people to form a more perfect union and to govern by the people, unlike authoritarian governments around the world. It was formed to establish justice and secure the blessings of liberty to we the people, the people. It's a government from the people, by the people, for the people, not over the people. Not one set of ideas will dictate over the other set, which is what we're seeing now. So the Declaration of Independence defines it this way. Governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. And then whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, lying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such a form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Our individual freedoms. It's we the people. We're the government. Somebody has forgotten that. Probably most of us. 
And the and friends, these founding principles are right and true. And the governments of this world are about to be abolished. And a new government is about to be established. And that's the millennial king of Christ. And we see in Isaiah 11, 1, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of its roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight is in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. 11.10 And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse who shall stand as a banner to the people, for the Gentiles shall seek him, and his rest shall be glorious. And then we see in Psalm 2.6 Yet I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, You are my son today. I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And so, friends, I urge you to take seriously these plain warning signs of the season we're in because Jesus will come back and establish justice on the earth. But we're in the transition right now, and we have to realize that. And Jesus told us to look for these signs in the transition, the millennial kingdom and eternity with our God. That's our hope, but now... We're in the difficulties of the labor pains, and we want to be in the right place with him. So we see in Luke 21, he warns, starting in verse 10, he said, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences. Aren't we seeing this? And fearful sights and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you, persecute you, delivering you up to synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake but it will turn out for you as an occasion of testimony. Settle your hearts, therefore, not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all of your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. You will be betrayed even by parents or brothers, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head shall be lost. By your patience possess you your souls." And verse 28, now when you see these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. So also when you see these things happen, know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, I tell you, this generation will no means pass away to all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing drunkenness and the cares of this life. And that day come upon you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on the whole earth for those who dwell therein. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things, these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. 
And so, friends, we see these things are increasing, and we've been given a specific map and things to expect to come so we can prepare our hearts and condition our hearts and to understand the things that are coming on the earth and understand where our hope lies. And just like those labor pains sneaking up on a woman, we must prepare our hearts not to fall away in the day of trouble, not to drop out from this time, but to press in and draw closer to God than ever before. We must give him our whole lives. Decide now that you trust him no matter what. Trouble will come to most of us in some form. The powers of darkness are stirring up. They're preparing to take over dominion of this world, and they know that the true church will be raptured soon, and they don't want to lose any more souls to Jesus. They want to thwart the work of the gospel to ravage, derail, and discourage the work of God. And so Jesus warns us to keep our eyes on him, that many will suffer in the circumstances and the wickedness of this world, especially as the day grows darker. But in our patience and determination to hang on to him, our souls can rest in hope. And around the world, Christians and other innocent people and children are suffering unimaginable horrors in these roiling dark waters of the last days. And the news doesn't cover it. No one takes it to heart. No one is stirred up by the injustice anymore. And many of you have been knocked back on your heels. You've dropped back in battle. You've gone AWOL from your calling. You're just coasting in your faith. And we know we are all subject to that. And for many of you, it's because you're discouraged. But don't be. Don't fall for that trap. Find your way back to Jesus and surrender again your trust in him. Let him entrust your trust. <laughs> and so, friends, fasten your truth belts as today we finish our Preparing for Spiritual Battle series with When Wounds of Devastation infect us with doubt. And all uh, all we have to do is see the disasters that befall people in this world, and we think to ourselves, how do they get through it? How do you come back from something like that? That's the kind of question that devastation brings. And it might be a sudden loss of a loved one, a horrific accident or disaster, life-altering circumstances of any kind, overwhelming injustice, loss of a marriage or terrible sin in yourself or in the family that's destroying everything, loss of a job or ministry or support team. And there's so many life-altering, devastating events that could happen. Uh, it's just too hard to name them all. But if something like this has happened to you, I'm so sorry. I pray for everyone I know has encountered so many difficulties, trials, and devastating circumstances. And so we pray for you, and we know that God is with you. I know the Lord is devastated for you as well. We're so precious to him that he suffered to take on all those burdens. And so he can bring us through the healing process because he knows our devastation and came to bring us life and healing. Isaiah 61, 2 through 3 says that the Messiah comes to comfort all that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for their mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, 
that he might be glorified. And he wants to restore you. It glorifies him to store you. And so we must decide now not to give up no matter what. In America, we're easily discouraged, and it's kind of an excuse to give up. But we need to eliminate that even as a possibility. Think of all the remarkable survival stories we hear, lost at sea or lost in the wilderness, and maybe people did die, but one person hangs on to fight through and to survive, or against all odds, against insurmountable loss, in spite of terrible personal devastation, we hear people who hold on through the night and to see the day star of hope in the morning, and we're inspired by these. We're inspired to believe and to hope too. I think of Corey Ten Boom's true story in The Hiding Place. She and her family faced terrible devastation because they served God faithfully in Holland to save the Jews from the Nazis. And in that holocaust of wickedness, hers is a story of hope. It's the story of God's faithfulness. And we admire these stories. We admire someone who unwaveringly continues and fights through such overwhelming circumstances. But that's a physical survival and not nearly as important as a spiritual survival. And frankly, it's more admirable to hang on to your faith, persevering in the face of discouragement and terrible loss, to refuse to let doubt in God's love and promises take you out of his plans for you. And when we experience a terrible blow to our expectations, to our life, then it's tempting to listen to Satan's taunts. See, God doesn't care about you. If he cared, he wouldn't have let that happen. Better to look out for yourself. There's no reward in serving God if there even is a God. And the dark curtain begins to shroud our faith with doubt, doubt about God and his love, doubt about his worth, trustworthiness and faithfulness, doubt that he has a good plan for us or our calling or who we even are in Jesus, doubt our worth to him. And yet just like getting lost in the wilderness or surviving a terrible accident, we must fight through all the loss we suffer to survive the trauma spiritually, for this world is not all there is, and this world is not our home. This world is not the last stop, and someday God is going to hit the reset button, and you'll be glad you persevered, and we must remember that this world is corrupted by sin and death, and that is why we believe our hope in God is exactly because of this corruption to his paradise. Our hope is that he will make all things new. And Jesus doesn't promise followers protections from this world. In fact, the opposite. He did promise we will overcome if we trust in him. Romans twelve twenty one: be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. John sixteen thirty three. these things I've spoken to you that in me you might have peace in the world. You shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And we may not let any of our spiritual battlefield wounds overcome our faith. We must not let them overcome us. Whether the wound is of fear or shame or offense or disappointment or devastation, we must fight to cleanse these wounds to prevent the infection of doubt from setting into our faith in God, in the Bible, God's call on our life or ministry, his love for us, his promises for us. And we must not confuse the church's flaws or the people's flaws with God's own character. They do not always represent him. We must have clear eyes about his character and his goodness. 
And so all these doubts are lies from Satan. They don't stand in the light of Scripture. You can't read the Bible and also believe the lies. It's Satan's old trick trying to get us to doubt God, just like in the garden. Did God really say? And so Jesus reminds us of letting doubts come into our faith when he says in Matthew fourteen eleven, we see Matthew fourteen twenty six, and we see the disciples saw him walking on the sea, and they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer, it's I, don't be afraid. And Peter said, if it's you, Lord, command me to come on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter had come out of the boat, he walked on the water. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and he began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got back in the boat, the wind ceased. And when those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you're the Son of God. And we must not forget that. In fact, Peter joyfully at the end of his life suffered a martyr's death with this knowledge. And somehow we too must find a way to surrender our trust to him. We can't let trauma overwhelm us with spiritual discouragement when running to God is our only hope, our only possibility of healing, our only way of surviving. We have to survive the wickedness and cruelty to do the work, to cling to him, and to know that we can trust him. And when Peter was trying to figure out what to do, he said, Lord, whom else shall we go to? You have the words of eternal life. We must remember he has the words of eternal life. We can trust him. And so I pray today, whatever wounds you have or whatever wounds your family or friends have, cause them to go to him, encourage each other. And until next time, God bless you all. Join Wendy Scott every Saturday at 3 p.m. on K-Praise for another episode of Season Watch. Previous episodes can be found through the K-Praise podcast platform, where you can also access Wendy's other platforms and contact links. Please email Wendy with show comments, questions, or suggestions at wscott at mywordsforhim.com or visit her website at mywordsforhim.com for additional resources. Watch other teachings on her Rumble channel. Wendy's Words for Him, her fiction novel, The Lost, A Story of Christmas, can be found on Amazon. Until next week, watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.